Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome into another edition of Locked on Kings. Thank you so much for checking us out, whether it's on Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, or iTunes. Remember, subscribe there. It's free. We'll be waiting for you each and every day, Monday through Friday, as these podcasts are uh, unveiled for you. So thank you for all your faithful listening. We do appreciate that. And if you could rate us while you're on iTunes, just give us a star rating or leave a comment. We would appreciate that. It helps us in our overall ranking. So if you get a chance to do that, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Today on the podcast, we'll get to learn a little bit more about what the Kings got in George Hill with David Locke, the founder of Locked On Network and Locked On Kings, host of Locked On Jazz, the voice of the Utah Jazz. He will share with us his opinion on George Hill, he played his last season in Utah, so David knows a lot about him. Also, it's day three of Kings Minicamp as they get ready for their first summer league game, which will take place on Friday in Las Vegas. Jason March, who is uh, coaching the team basically through summer league, we'll hear from him and we'll hear from Justin Jackson, one of the new Kings as well. That's all coming up today on the Locked on Kings podcast. Now joining us, the fine voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke, and of course, the founder of the Locked On Network. David, uh, the Jazz loss, hopefully, is the Kings gain. Everybody in Sacramento excited about the addition of George Hill. You called all his games. What did the Kings just get in George Hill? You know, he's really a nice mix uh, for you guys. I saw great leadership out of him uh, throughout the year. Uh, definitely knows how he thinks the game should be played. Uh, it's going to help Darren Fox. Uh, with, with various intricacies of the game. He was very much a leader to Dante Axum. So he'll be tremendous, particularly in that role. And then as a player, he's good. You know, he's very good. He's calm late in games. He's got great late-game experience uh, from those days in Indiana. Uh, unfortunately, he was hurt for us during, those, during most of the playoffs last year, and so we didn't get to see it in the, in the playoff setting. Uh, but he'll, he'll, he'll really be a good calming influence on a young basketball team uh, and and will be able and you know and it's also one of the great catch and shoot guys in the NBA. I don't know if that's going to be something when I look at your roster, unless I'm forgetting somebody that's going to be that. That's the one area where he was really good in Utah because Rodney Hood and Gordon Hayward and and Rudy's rolling to the rim and and maybe Willie Cauley Stein can do that for you and able to kick out to him to get him that corner three or that catch and shoot where he's one of the best in the league. I'm not sure you'd have to tell me if I'm forgetting something about about your young roster, but I'm not sure how those opportunities are going to come by. But otherwise, I think you'll be really pleased. Yeah, over the years, I always felt like his strength was defense, but he had his best offensive season last year. Do you feel like he's a close to a two-way player? Yeah, he did not have a very good defensive season last year because that toe was really bothering him, not because he didn't have skills. That toe, he injures that toe in November, and he... 
Um, you know, he ends up missing games in May with that same injury. So that's a little bit of a concern, I think, from a King standpoint. But you got that third year not guaranteed. So if it turns out to really be a problem, then hopefully it doesn't hamstring you too much. Uh, but he was not as good defensively as uh, he has been. But that's the reason. It wasn't like – I don't think it was a 31-year-old lost step issue or a lack of desire issue. I think it was simply he wasn't uh, at full capacity. So why is he still, or why is he not a member of the Jazz? I know they added Rubio, they've got Exum, but was it something they wanted to do? Parties just couldn't agree. Why why is he still not a member of Utah? Well, I I think there are a few things. I think one, um, so it's a little complicated. So the first is he turned down a pretty mammoth extension, which he probably regrets um, with his, um, or at least his agent certainly should regret. Who's actually out of Sacramento, I believe, his hmm. his advisor. Um, so that's that's the first one, and I think there's always a little bit of a funky element uh, to that once you've turned down a deal. Whether you go back, you know. Yeah. So second, so second as- aspect of things was the the Jazz were on a timetable in an effort to try to get Gordon Hayward uh, to stay that did not necessarily match where George's timetable was and the free agent market of the point guards. So uh, George did not have, and his agent did not have all their ducks in a row uh, on July 1st, as some agents and some do by calling around the league and getting everything straightened out. And so in turn, uh, you know, the jazz really needed to know, be able to go meet with Gordon Hayward It turned and have their point guard in line. And that's why they went and got Ricky Rubio. This obviously did not turn out to be um, successful for the Jazz, but that was the the process, was that they needed to have that. And I don't think George Hill and his agent was were ready, would have been ready, and I think the Jazz predicted that by that day, um, to know whether or not they could get a deal done on that day. So mm. I think that's a little bit of what happened there. Um, I do think, you know, I think if I was a general manager of a lead, of a team, I think I would probably take a 26-year-old Ricky Rubio over a 31-year-old George Hill who played 49 games the year before. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense certainly. From, like, right. So that. Yeah. So on the final end of that is, I actually think that you just take Ricky Rubio over George Hill. I like George Hill an awful lot. So that's not, I don't mean that as a slight on him, um, and he's a, quite a good player. But if I had my choice, just of age, time, and contract. Um, I think I choose Ricky Rubio at two years. You know, I think it's $13 million a year over George Hill at 31 with some injury concerns. Lastly, the Kings overall. Obviously, they've got a ways to go. They've been through this process for a while, but they started it last year, trading Cousins, a good draft seemingly, and now some, some nice additional veteran professional free agents. What's your opinion of what the Kings have done over the last couple months? Well, I, I think I was the only person – in the world, probably other than some people in Sacramento who thought Sacramento did a great job on the DeMarcus Cousins trade, right? Um, because it at least gave you a direction. You had to, had to free yourself of that cancer, this atmosphere. And so hopefully you're now beginning to build a culture. It seems as though Vlade's begun to do that. Um, so I just feel at least you have a direction, right? We have yeah. an idea of where you're going. If I were to be critical, which I probably have no right to be because I don't know enough, I feel like the George Hill and Zach Randolph signings are a year or two early, but that's just because I went through with Utah. Maybe, you know, maybe frankly it didn't work for us with Gordon signing with Boston, but we let the young guys really get all their experience. And then once we felt they were ready, 
the additions of George Hill, Boris Diaw, and Joe Johnson were the complementary veterans. It's very similar to what Washington did, if you kind of watch when they had their young and then they added some players around it um, that were more veteran um, in that time, I think it was Nene and some others. And so I feel like maybe the George Hill and the Zach Randolph are a little early hmm. um, is my only thought I have that, and you'd have to, you know, really walk through the roster with me for a minute or two, but, you know, I, I'd like to see De'Aaron Fox get 30-some-odd minutes a night. And I, I thought Scal Labossier played harder with more tenacity in Sacramento than we ever saw him out of Kentucky. And, and I feel like it's time for Willie Cauley-Stein to, you know, maybe take that next step and, and be his own person rather than under the shadow of DeMarcus. And I just don't feel like your guys have gotten enough time because it was really only after DeMarcus left. Right. And so I probably, in my opinion, and, you know, what's that? That's a radio that's a radio play-by-play announcer in Utah, right? Okay, so this is really this, along with five bucks, can get you a latte at Starbucks, <laughs> right? Like, it's not worth crap. But um, and, if you're, and if you're really getting coffee at Starbucks, we should have a discussion because you have one of the great coffee shops in all of America in Sacramento at Temple. So you should be going to Temple to get your espresso and your lattes and never going to Starbucks, okay? So let's make sure we get that perfectly clear. But with that said... Um, you know, that's my only viewpoint is I would have, I probably would have rolled the young kids out and taken 24 wins. I don't see a value of moving yourself to 34 wins from 24 or even 38. And if we don't get Temple and not Garrett Temple, but the coffee shop Temple supporting this podcast, I don't know what else. That was the best plug ever. Oh, oh my gosh. They have a new blend called the Cadence. <laughs> that is one of the best coffees I've ever had. I, I can only imagine what well, it, it gives you even more energy, huh? Um, it just, you know, there's gotta be some way to do this. So. <laughs> David, thank you so much for your time. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see you in Vegas and, uh, we really appreciate it. Kings fans are excited about George Hill, Randolph and their off season. We'll see what it turns out to be, but thanks for your time. Well, George is a great guy. You'll enjoy him. Uh, and it's, it's a, re- it's a really, he's a really solid, good veteran pickup. Well, my thanks to David Locke, the voice of the Utah jazz for joining us, sharing his insight again, a quality veteran, um, Utah makes sense why they did what they did. They were interested in Ricky Rubio. They had some interest in George Hill, but moved on from him, and now Sacramento hopes that they gain. And what can he provide for Fox and Mason, young point guards? Can they play some together? His experience, his ability to be a catch-and-shoot guy, like David Locke mentioned, coming off his best individual offensive season when healthy a year ago, was big in their playoffs as well, and hopefully he'll return to that good defensive form as well. So some good things about George Hill and we'll see how he how he does and a new team. But he's been good with the Spurs, the Pacers, and the Utah Jazz. All right, now let's get to the roster that's in hand right now, getting ready for Summer League in Las Vegas. Jason March, he's the one that's been coaching the team through these first couple of days, along with the rest of the coaching staff. But he had a chance to gather with the media and uh, shared what his opinion is so far of some of the things he has seen from this group, including a group that has basically eight guys that are going to be on the regular season roster that are all going through Summer League, which is a little abnormal. It's different, but you still go about it the same way. You still prepare the same way. Um, you know, we, we give the guys, since it is eight guys, we give them more reps. Um, try to get more reps. Try to, like I said, the terminology is a big deal. We, we say things that some of these guys have no idea, they've never heard before. So now you, you have to go a lot slower. Um, if you have two guys and you have some veteran guys that have played in six, seven, eight Summer Leagues, 
you know, they've heard this stuff. You can go quicker. We're trying to slow things down for them. We may be a little bit behind um, on a few things, but uh, I think it's part of the process for these guys to, to hear different things and um, slow, slow it down, us saying it to them, but more so them, them figuring it out. Um, Scout made a great point after day one. I, I think it says a lot about him as a person and, and seeing his growth. He said, you know, I, I know what I looked like last year now. Wow. You know, I see, I see how I looked last year. I think that's kind of uh, – that, that says a lot as, to, as far as the speed of the game. You, you always hear these guys, man, the game's going fast. i got to slow down. And that's what we try to do with them, with the, with the eight guys on the floor instead of like two like normally usually. How are they adjusting and how long does it take for them, you know, to get through this process? You just spoke of Scout. Scout's talking about mm -hmm. his second year. Yep. Just now figuring it out. So where are they at? No, I, I mean, I don't think you can put a timetable on it. I mean, I've seen I've seen guys, and, and you guys have too, that come in, and it, it's just – it depends on the guy, the kid. It's been, it depends on uh, their maturity level a lot a lot of the times. Um, but sometimes it can take – it can – it can take a year. Some guys take two years before the, the game actually slows down for them. Um, yeah, I was in, in Memphis. We had a guy come over from overseas, and it took him a, it took him a while, regular season playing. And, and, uh, but when he figured it out, you could see it. It snaps and it clicks for him. And, I mean, the speed of the game is a huge adjustment for these guys. Well, with a guy like Buddy, you know, he, he with you last season, but you only had him for 25 games. Mm -hmm. It's still part of an adjustment process for him because he didn't have a full training camp. Getting yeah. everything down? No question. Absolutely no question. In fact, we, we stopped the practice today and talked about a couple different situations um, that I think the answers would have been there for him if he had a training camp with us last year. Um, but now he's starting to hear it, how we say it from day one. Um, obviously, he, he heard it last year, but now we're able to really take the time to teach it more and, and see different things. So, yeah, I mean, um, Again, part of the process for these guys as they grow, and, and we're going to see it for, for a long time. What stands out to you is through the first three days? Uh, I'll tell you, the first day, the energy was incredible. You could see that uh, these guys have been through a crazy process, just like every guy has, um, you know, going through the draft process. Some of these guys had like 10 draft workouts, you know, and then the biggest night of your life. You know, you get picked, and then it's a whirlwind. You know, their phones are nonstop. They, they were, you could tell they were relieved to be here. Um, uh, they were excited to be here. And then when they got on the floor, they, it was just turn them loose. And it, like I said, that's part of the uh, – it, it was going really fast for them because they were so excited to be on the floor. Um, their energy has been incredible. Uh, I got I to say I've been impressed with – I think we've thrown a lot at them, to be honest with you. And um, – They've done, a, they've done a fairly good job of, of figuring things out. And um, I think we've tried to, you know, I keep saying it, slow things down for them to, to get it. But uh, I've been impressed with what I've seen with these guys so far. Is there a way to come? Is a player that has really impressed you this uh, No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Um, all these guys, they're out here doing everything we ask. Um, they've, um, you know, we've had guys diving on the floor in practice. We've had guys... Uh, we got one guy that's, that missed today because he busted his butt all day yesterday. You know, so I wouldn't say one guy. They're out here doing everything we ask them to do and, and giving us all they got. You look at this pop and just how much different physically he looks mm -hmm. from the time he got him a year ago. Just what's it been like to see that transformation for him and how has he been picking things up? I love it. I mean, and I, you know, I think you guys are going to see some things here in the next few few week and a half. 
um, that you're going to see the work we put in last year. You know, I told him yesterday a couple baskets didn't go in for him. If he works and gets position like he's been doing in these practices, you guys are going to be stunned at, at how far he's come. Um, especially if you saw him last year in the D League, and it's a credit to the D Leagues, credit to Coach Yeager, um, and 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 uh, you know front office for being patient, a little bit patient with him. Um, but they, trust me, you're going to see some things from him that you're going to say, oh wow, okay, he he's been working, and and it's not just him. I mean, the, all the guys, you're going to see the the slow progression as they as they keep growing and getting better. Again, that's Jason March who is uh, coaching the team in Summer League for the Sacramento Kings. We also have to hear from the new king, Justin Jackson, getting adjusted to life in the NBA. It's been good. Um, good to get out there and play a little bit. Uh, they put in a few sets and things like that. So it's been, been good to just kind of you know, see how they play, how they like to play defense and offense, and you know, just kind of get into it a little bit. It's not too bad. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm adjusting pretty well. Um, it's pretty normal for me, so uh, we'll see how it goes, you know, going forward. How's it with you, you know, learning the terminology? Coach Davis talked about, you know, guys adjusting to the terminology. How's that coming along? Yeah, I mean, I was um, – thankfully, I've been around a lot of basketball, um, and so I've kind of learned, you know, just throughout the years kind of some of the different terminology. Um, but, you know, the way that they like to play, there is some different terminology, like you said, that Coach um, – coach has and likes to use so I've been able to pick up on it pretty well and uh, if I can continue to do that I think I'll be all right playing with these guys for the first time a lot of us I mean it's been great um, you know all four of us as far as the rookies go we get we get along just well um, and you know at the end of the day we're all on the same team now and so you know all those you know rivalries or games that we played against each other or whatever, you know, that goes out the window. Now we're teammates and we're going to push each other in, in practice, but at the end of the day, we're still teammates. Are there still any, like, any anxious feelings about Friday? You know, it's the summer league, but it's still your first game as a king against somebody other than your teammates? Not really. I mean, I'm just looking forward to playing. Um, there's no, you know, I'm trying to prove this, I'm trying to prove that. You know, I'm just going to try to go out there and play and, you know, hopefully we can come out with a win on the first day. And again, Summer League gets going on Friday. Kings play Friday, Sunday, and Monday before the tournament gets going, like the pool play is the opening part, and then they'll be seated in the tournament after those three guaranteed games that every team gets. Then they'll have at least two more and maybe more if they go on and uh, do very well in the Summer League, which I do believe they will. I don't really care about the scores in Summer League, but when you've got this many players that are back and playing, I kind of hope the results are good. You want to see how each individual looks, but with that many guys that are going to be on the regular season roster, you expect them to do well, and hopefully they will. So uh, thanks again to David Locke for joining us. Thank you to all of you for listening. We're back again tomorrow for another edition. We will have our Friday mailbag and much more to get to tomorrow as well. But thank you so much for listening to another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.